Hey everyone, this is Achuta Baba from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to take a look at the new moon in Scorpio, which is making a an almost perfect opposition to the planet Uranus and Taurus. We're not only going to look at the new moon, but we're really going to take a look at the moon cycle and this Uranian signature that defines the cycle ahead. So that is our goal for today. And um, there are some other transits coming up that I'll, I'll mention that will be throughout the lunar cycle that we'll be looking at. And that'll give you a sense of what's coming next week as well. Um, before we dive into that, gosh, we are just like nine days away or so from the start of my new class, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic. You have about a week left to take advantage of the early bird rate. So be sure you do that because you save $500 off. Uh, we do have a deadline for that, which is next Friday. So you're just uh, got a little bit like eight days left to take advantage of that. Uh, rate you can save. Go to my website, nightlightastrology.com. Click on the first year course page under the courses tab to learn more about my program. Um, it is over a hundred hours worth of classroom content, 30 online webinars, 12 guest teachers, breakout study sessions, tons of bonus material for you to, to download and tons of reading and quizzes and flashcards. And uh, we also have a tutoring staff that is on call in our forum all year round. Um, I'm available all year round for questions and um, you can keep the material, you can download it, all of it and keep it. You can attend webinars live and ask questions and interact, um, or you can participate remotely and download as you go. So I hope to see some of you in class soon. Uh, you can see the payment options on the bottom of the screen. We also do have a payment plan if that works better for you. Um, the payment plan works on full tuition. The early bird payment is one lump sum, but you save $500 off when you use it. So best deal. We only let that, that's only available up to right before the start of class. So if you sign up after that or after the first week or something like that, we don't have that available anymore. And then we do have need-based tuition assistance. So if for some reason you... Um, need a little bit of help or you're on a really tight budget or whatever, life happens. So check that out and see if it might be helpful. We have a lot of people who uh, use that to make sure that they're not you know, priced out of something because of your own um, budget. So uh, yeah, so happy to offer that for people. Okay, so let's take a look at this Uranian moon cycle. I'm going to put the real-time clock up on the screen and I'm going to point out a few things uh, as we go will break down the little the little pieces of the moon cycle. So here you can see the new moon forming today, November 4th, in the sign of Scorpio. And it is forming, I mean, check this out. I'll actually, I'll advance this so you can see how close to exact the new moon is going to be. Uh, here it is. So we'll, we'll just, I'm going to get it like exact, exact, so you can actually see, because it's pretty... It's pretty impressive how close to exact it is. All right, so every degree, there's a 30 degrees per sign, and every degree has 60 subunits called minutes. And here you can see the sun and the moon are both at 1240. That's when they make the new moon perfectly. And then we look at the opposition to Uranus and notice that it is at 1247. So that is about as exact a new moon opposition to Uranus as you could ask for. I'm just seven minutes off from a perfect opposition at the time of a new moon. So that's a big deal. That That is the signature that, you know, you're going to find all astrologers talking about on the new moon cycle this month. What does that mean? You have to remember that the moon cycle 
is rooted in um, the, the impression or the image that is there at the time of the opening of the cycle around the new moon, that image then blossoms and uh, it gestates and it moves around up until the full moon when what was unmanifest on a certain level or what was relatively um, less visible um, becomes more visible or it becomes, it's made manifest at the full moon. So you have the promise of the new moon and the realized, um, the realized potential coming about at the full moon. That's typically how it works. And the new moon signature is always rooted in the dignity of the moon. That's very important to understand what the dignity of the moon is at the outset of the cycle. In this case, the moon is in its fall in the sign of Scorpio. But it's also important to understand who the host of the new moon cycle is. In this case, we're talking about Mars because the new moon opens up in Scorpio and Scorpio is the feminine or sort of nocturnal uh, sign of Mars. We're talking about Mars. Well, Mars also happens to be in Scorpio and this cycle between now and the full moon, we're also going to see Mars moving into an opposition with Uranus. So you could say that this is a moon cycle that will show us um, fallen moon things, as well as Mars opposite Uranus things. Um, that's kind of what the cycle is being toned by. So let's just back up and talk a little bit about what fallen moon things imply. Uh, there's a famous uh, ancient Hellenistic author, Rhetorius, and uh, Rhetorius the Egyptian, and Rhetorius says that, um, why is it that the, in the place where the moon is exalted, that's the sign of Taurus, there no planet is depressed or in its fall? And why is it that where the moon is in its depression or fall in Scorpio, where we have our new moon cycle, there no planet is exalted? And it's kind of a, a riddle. And he says, it is because the moon is the fortune of all. And those whom fortune lifts up, no one may cast down. And those who fortune casts down, no one may lift up. And so there is this um, way in which the moon implies in the ancient uh, astrological paradigm, the constant fluctuation of fortune in the material world. Now, fortune, you can start with a really easy way of understanding fortune. How about hot and cold? How about the different kinds of qualities that we see in nature, like hot, cold, damp, dry, there's always um, alternations of different kinds of material energies. This happens with our moods, with our hormones. It happens with, um, you know, when we're hungry versus when we're full. It happens um, as we feel satiated our, with our desire sexually. So, uh, or we feel we feel desirous because we we don't feel like we have what we want. So the material world was viewed by ancient astrologers as <clears throat> a constant cycling of different kinds of opposites, and these this cycle itself has no beginning and end. As Plato said, time is the moving image of eternity, which is a way of saying that these cycles are just a reflection of the eternality of all of these qualities relating to one another without beginning or end, without origin. <clears throat> and so, excuse me, still getting over my cold. 
And so as these cycles are going on and on and on, um, the moon is the planet that reflects their movements and change here in the material world, where we also, as eternal beings, tend to be, um, uh, we tend to ride the roller coaster of these moving opposites. We tend to get attached, our, we attach our sense of identity, our sense of peace, our sense of happiness, um, none of which is ultimately dependent on the fluctuation of these opposites, but we tend to think that it is. So we can get lost in these cycles of opposites. Well, when the moon, and the moon reflects this, by the way, because the moon is a reflective, not original light. And so it reflects the dance of the eternal opposites in the realm of fluctuation and impermanence. It's like a, a, a kind of, this world was thought of as a reflection of a divine world. Uh, they're co-present, uh, but the ability to perceive the uh, divine in the midst of the fluctuation and impermanence to not get um, overly identified with the roller coaster ride of change uh, requires a shift in consciousness. It requires some form of spirituality. And so um, in this realm of change, one of the things that happens is the moon is the reflective moon is the planet that reflects these changes because uh, it's a reflective light. It's always changing. It's waxing and waning. It rises up in latitude and sinks down in latitude. Uh, so it, it, it's like, a, and it looks like a serpent when it's traveling through the sky, sloughing off its skin all the time. So when the moon hits its fall in the autumnal sign of Scorpio, right next to the sign where the sun is in its fall, in Libra, the lights are in their fall in the time of year when darkness is now dominant within the 24-hour day and darkness is rising, meaning it's growing stronger every day. So in the midst of this um, season of darkness, the moon is in its fall in Scorpio. Now, this is all archetypal. This is not a, like a causal science. This is a symbolic. This is all symbolic. The orientation of the system in the Northern Hemisphere it just is um, uh, relevant for the orientation of the symbolic system, but it's not something that needs to change if you're in if you're in the southern hemisphere, because I inevitably get this question every single time I talk about this. So, the moon when it's in its fall represents the fall of fortune. Generally speaking, in this material world, the fall of fortune, the darkening of the light, refers to things that we subjectively do not like loss, decay, death, degeneration, pain, suffering, um, and so forth. It, it tends to be a place where um, the moon has to confront Mars-like things. Don't forget that Mars is also in its fall in the moon's sign, which is Cancer. So the moon is in its fall in Mars's sign, and Mars is in its fall in the moon's sign. And this is a, a way of talking about how, you know, when you think, for example, Mars in ancient astrology rejoiced in the house that was called Mala Fortuna, which means bad fortune. So Mars is a planet that represents cutting, severing, uh, challenge, frustration, impediment, um, usually with a feeling of uh, frustrated action. I can't do something because it can almost feel a little bit like Saturn where you get that feeling of cosmic negation. But this is more about the frustration or the struggle or the agitation, the anger, the irritation, the, the kind of um, makes your blood boil, 
makes you feel um, like, you know, sixth house, for example, Mars's joy was associated with like hard labor, you know, so the, the labor of existence, the, the blood, sweat, tears, the sacrifice, the hardships, the conflict, the um, sense of everyday bad fortune. This is generally speaking what Mars represents. That does not mean that Scorpio is a bad sign. People get this kind of stuff confused all the time. Um, dignities in ancient astrology are just ways of talking about archetypal realities. This, these, no one can disagree with this. This is, this just is these realities that Mars generally represents in addition to others. They just are, they're just part of what we deal with part of what is here. So the moon in Scorpio generally as a dignity tends to represent the frustrations and challenges and bad fortunes that we encounter. That's it. So moon and Scorpio, just giving you a little crash course. Now, psychologically, the moon and Scorpio can mean something very different. It, when we're talking about how that might describe character or personality or behavior, very different. We're talking now, generally speaking, about predictive delineation. So in predictive delineation, the moon represents these kinds of challenges around the topic of fortune. Fortune means circumstance, different fluctuations and changes in our everyday life. Okay, so, so that's where the cycle starts with the potential for frustration, the potential for deeper um, and, and heavier themes, the more frustrating and agitating themes. Those things that could be very good for us to have to go through those things, because what would life be without some of that? We talked about some of the misconceptions about Scorpio recently. And, you know, sometimes our, it's just our discomfort with these facts of life that gives us the feeling that any of this is bad. But the truth is still that most of us would rather not have to deal with some of the challenges implied by a, a Scorpio moon. Um, now, remember that, let's go back to the chart for a second now and remind ourselves of what this Scorpio moon is encountering at the outset. So at the outset of the cycle, the Scorpio new moon is encountering Uranus god of revolution we spent some time talking about the sun opposite uranus yesterday so i recommend you go back and listen to that if you haven't yet the sun and moon together opposite uranus the nice thing about this is that the sun opposite uranus implies a plot a, a twist or change of life direction with the an emphasis on revolution innovation progress the future uh, breaking out of limitations or restrictions. Okay, so all of that sounds pretty potentially very inspiring. But now we have to include the idea that this moon cycle will compel us to create a little revolution in our life or a change of direction, but it can come suddenly. And now we have potentially violently or through misfortune or through challenges or through struggles or through unexpected hardships, unexpected Uranus, hardship, Mars the fallen moon. So that's where this cycle can be particularly difficult. Um, where Uranus moon oppositions, not nearly as nice as a sun Uranus opposition. Sun Uranus opposition can be very Promethean. We talked about that yesterday, where you can feel the sense of inspiration and the need to individuate and, you know, um, take some healthy creative risks, break free of self-doubt and, and so forth. When you throw the moon in, you're talking about things that may 
suddenly offer the same kinds of liberation, like a cloudburst, but there can also be the violence of the deluge that comes down with it. Um, another way of looking at it would be to say there can be plot twists or changes in circumstance that come very suddenly, very rapidly, very unexpectedly that represent some kind of frustration or some kind of challenge or difficulty. That doesn't have to be the worst in the world, doesn't have to be anything disastrous. But let's just say that this month, <clears throat> you're, the, the, the script is going to get flipped and not because uh, with maybe in some ways that are sort of surprising and not without some degree of challenge or frustration. The other thing we can say about this is that the moon opposite Uranus can be very volatile physically and emotionally and mentally. The moon was broadly related to the mind and body. And um, it was the, you know, the moon was really the, along with the ascendant ruler, the signifier that you might look at for the health of the body in the ancient, um, the ancient delineation methods. And so uh, the potential for sudden shifts and changes that uh, are very destabilizing mentally, emotionally, physically, um, or within the environment around us that yes, can bring about some kind of important revelation and um, inspiration, but that nonetheless may be somewhat um, shocking and disturbing or disruptive and challenging. That's, the, that's what we get with the fallen moon opposite Uranus at the outset of the cycle. All right, now let's take the cycle onward a little bit and look at what happens as it plays out. So if we go forward from the most important parts, generally speaking, of the moon cycle will be surrounding the, um, the hard aspects of the cycle. So let's go forward to the first quarter moon. Now, at the time of the first quarter moon, I'm just going to do it sort of generally, you can see that you've got the moon, Jupiter, and Saturn all together in Aquarius, and you're seeing Mercury and Mars coming together in a square to Saturn at the same time. So things are starting to heat up quite a bit, and you can feel that there's this, the first quarter moon is a, a moment where the moon cycle and the early, the seeding intentions and themes and energies are starting to hit a, a, a moment of important and critical development. So the energy is taking a, like a, it's a critical turning point in the lunar cycle where things that got, got started at the outset are taking a hard turn. Sometimes it's very subtle. I honestly feel like unless you have a lunar journal and you're in the practice of tracking these things, um, sometimes you don't even notice it. But for people who train their eyes, you, you'll, it's, you'll notice it really strongly, actually, with this one, because around the first quarter moon, you've got Saturn and, and Mars meeting, the brake pedal, Saturn, and the gas pedal, Mars. And here's that theme of frustration, trying to push through something and create some kind of change, but there's frustration involved. That's part of the signature of the new moon that we just talked about, the potential for there to also be um, real disruptions and challenges and frustrations along the way to creating some kind of change or moving through something uh, as the cycle goes on, implied by the sun opposite Uranus, which ultimately is, feels very positive, but we're going to meet these kinds of challenges. So you see that around the first quarter moon. Now, these are things that will be breaking down together, especially the Mars-Mercury conjunction. And again, potential for more volatility or intensity around mental and emotional dynamics, um, communication dynamics in particular. This is by November 10th. 
now let's go forward. And here you can see right around November 13th, now we start getting some breakthroughs. Now we start getting, urine, here's Mercury opposite Uranus. I love this for the spark of innovation, creativity. Um, I love this for the kind of, um, uh, almost like the, um, the brilliance that's needed to come up with a creative solution to the problems we've been facing. Uh, or the, the challenges that we are working through to create the change that we feel inspired to create dating back to the new moon. Then when you can look at the full moon coming through, here's the full moon coming through and it's a lunar eclipse, right? And it's happening right as Mars is opposing Uranus. So now Mars is opposing Uranus and that's where you get that really combustible, um, forceful dynamic of change. And that dynamic of change then comes right before, if we go forward one more day to the 18th into the early morning on the 19th, then we get the lunar eclipse in Taurus and that feeling of um, the, the, the change being really complete or the, the change kind of um, fully uh, taking hold by that time. So it's a, it's a very powerful moon cycle this month because of the eclipse, but also because of the opening signature aspects of, uh, uh, with Uranus and because of the first quarter signatures with Mercury, Mars, and Saturn. Um, you know, if we go on beyond that, things start to settle down a little bit on the backside of the cycle, but um, we're going to wait to break down the backside of the cycle till a little bit later because we're also going to have to introduce December's eclipse, which will be the new moon following this month's new moon. Uh, that takes place right around December 4th, if I'm remembering correctly. So um, my advice for this one is to be careful of reactionary energy. Um, there's a lot of the impulse for change is there, and it's very exciting. But the impulse for change is paired with transits that could be sort of sudden, disruptive, um, sort of violent releases of energy that you have to be really careful when working with. Um, and also knowing that these changes might be coming because of circumstances changing in ways that don't necessarily feel great or that might you know, fall into the category of misfortune. Misfortune in the ancient world means nothing more. It doesn't have to be anything like misfortune sounds like such a terrible word. People are so scared of the, this, this word, right? But it just means stuff like, <clears throat> um, I was on my way, you know, I was on my way downstairs and I, I stubbed my toe and broke my toenail. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't have to be the world's worst thing. Most misfortunes that we deal with are not tragedies, right? They're just challenges. They're things that come up and a part of this Uranian change that wants to establish itself, which ultimately is about breakthrough. It's about greater freedom. It's about progress. It's about innovation. Um, but it will be disruptive and potentially with more of a theme of misfortune or challenge around it because of that fallen moon, because of the Mars opposite Uranus signature that's coming through and so forth. So some changes come with a little bit more um, difficulty, but you have to kind of trust that behind it is the signature of freedom, the signature of innovation, the signature of individuating, becoming more of who and what we're meant to be, looking carefully at the direction our lives are taking. Make sure again that if you haven't yet, you watch yesterday's video on the sun opposite Uranus because that's going to be a good one for you as well. All right. 
That is what I have for you today. If you have stories to share now or throughout the moon cycle, use the hashtag grabbed. And remember the ancient word for the planets, grahas. They sometimes seize our consciousness. And the whole idea of using this hashtag and sharing these stories is to avoid that on some level to it's going to, it's inevitable, but to avoid that by becoming um, healthier participants in the unfolding of these uh, energies in our lives. So uh, we are predictable in a sense, up to the degree that we are unconscious about these energies. Uh, we are co-creators to the degree that we stay in a participatory reflective relationship with them. So that's why we do this channel. That's because we want to uh, learn to see these astrological signatures as the fingerprints of the divine in our lives. And we want to have, we want to share in the Leela, the play of, of life, of creation. So that's why we're here doing this. At any rate, don't forget my new classes coming up starts on November 13th. Be sure to check that out on my website. I'd love to see some of you in class. Got more and more uh, registrations coming in. I'm super excited. And um, yeah, we'll be back to uh, back together tomorrow for more. All right. Take it easy, everyone. Bye.